0: to keep the conversation going so this is probably going to end up being a two-parter so you might have to come back next week for part two because i want to continue on with this without interruption of doing a you know some you know of ending the show because i got a lot more i want to talk about um because one of the things that i thought that when i was listening to what you were saying and the things you were going through the struggles that you were going through it it sounded like your foundation was strong enough not to be shaken Mm -hmm. Okay. And what I mean by that is, okay, you've got your foundation. You think of it as a house and you build your house on this foundation. Now you might have, I I grew up and I didn't grow up, but I spent time. My first One of my first uh, radio jobs was in Iowa and then I went to Nebraska. Now I grew up in LA, which is earthquake country, obviously. And I went from earthquake country to tornado country. Okay. And then from tornado country, it was also hailstorms oh. and all kinds of stuff. i so, the earthquakes. <laughs> yeah, and so never been and never lived in hurricane territory. But so natural disasters are a part of, you know, everywhere I've been. And I remember sitting one night at the radio station a couple times, in fact, when we had some serious hailstorms come through tornado warnings unfortunately i never got to see a tornado which is a good thing but i also want to see one it's on my bucket list well,
1: I, no i know you do not i've lived through one a tornado and it was yes it was the most t- i thought i was gonna have a heart attack
0: like you actually like went it through went, it It went.
1: i was in bed i was in ohio and it went over really? the top of our of the complex that i right. was in thank god i was in a brick apartment building on the you know the bottom floor it sounded
0: like a train was coming
1: yes horribly like right through the window and everything was rattling and the 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 lightning was like you know how it like out here like lightnings right, yeah, yeah, yeah i
0: know i know what and then you count yeah, yeah
1: and it's like one one thousand yeah. two one thousand three one thousand right this storm was so intense it was like a strobe light
0: wow. for like
1: 20 minutes it was like a strobe light i kid you not it did not stop it was like shh, shh, shh. and i was just like oh my gosh i'm so scared i'm so scared and i turned on the twitter of the local um news you know because i was in columbus or um Dayton, somewhere around there, Chillicothe, and um, I was getting these Twitter alerts like tornadoes coming, and I'm like, and I couldn't breathe, and my heart was beating, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, is it here, is it here, and then all of a sudden, they say that it sounds like a train, I kid you not, it was like this, like this huge train, like 10 of them coming through the window, and it just went right over the roof, and I was terrified, I was like i 've never been so scared in my life
0: see we were in um, I was in Omaha and we, were co- and we were at the covering that we were doing a, I was covering a baseball team and we would go back there and do a tournament and then we'd go see the College World Series, a game or two. so we were at Rosenblatt Stadium, and tornado sirens run off, and so we had to leave well we had to jump on the team bus and we went back to the hotel, which was just down the road from the um, stadium, and we are sitting there in the lobby watching the television and the weather meteorologist, maybe it was the anchor, was telling us where this tornado was apparently tracking. And so the lobby guy uh, who was in the lobby that worked at the hotel um, was like, hey, it's going to come over that hill right there. You guys should cover, go into the cool. basement. So everyone's going to the basement. I'm like running outside looking for it. <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm looking at it. No one's yelling at me to get inside. I'm like, no, I'm going to see this thing. I'm going to see this thing. I'm going to stare it down. Well, it never came. It, like I don't know if it ever if it dissipated. It and, went the and other way, maybe. It came <laughs> over the hill. Because when I first went to Iowa, uh, Twister, the movie Twister, yes. I, I, I hit Iowa in 96, and Twister came out. And I probably went to the movie theater uh, and saw that movie a hundred times
1: Dude you do not want to live in a real I'm just telling you I know I'm,
0: I, I might is, be wrong It but is here's so another thing.
1: freaking scary But see
0: here's another thing I was in uh, Nebraska I was back home in Scott's Bluff And I mean it was crazy Sirens go off and everything And it's hail Hail is the big indicator too I mean hailstorms come out I'm running outside I'm looking up I see the thing like spinning <laughs> I'm thinking, yes, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. And then it just hailed a lot. And, um, <laughs> you got then the thing, hailed on. Yeah, I got hailed on. And it never <laughs> went away. But the scary thing was the hail was like hidden and they were pretty big. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to get knocked out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They're like so baseballs. Yeah, some yeah, of you have to them. yeah, you be
0: careful. But the point of all that is with the foundation, there are many uh, houses that maybe would have structural damage. Right. Okay. And so, but you'd have to rebuild, but the foundation is still there. Yeah. And so that's the thing that you can do. If your foundation and your faith and the foundation in who you are is still there, you might have times where the storm comes and you might cave under the pressures of the storm. The waves of life, you know, might the tsunami of life might hit you and knock you over. But if your foundation is there, you can still rebuild and get back up. And that's one of the things that, you know, keeps me going is through the foundation that I have built. there would be times where I might be going through something. A number of years ago, I think it was 2013, uh, I wasn't feeling well. And I went to the doctor. I called my friend up and he said, yeah, dude, you should go to the ER immediately because there's something seriously wrong. So I'm like, okay, So I'm thinking, what could be seriously wrong? So I go to urgent care because I figure that's the the path of least resistance. I'm not going to go sit at ER for hours. And I go to urgent care, and he comes back, and he takes some tests, and he looks at me, and he's like, yeah, dude, you need to go to the ER because there's a serious issue with your liver. And it could get very serious, and you need to get there like ASAP. Um, and I'm like, okay. And that's kind of when the room started to spin a little, and then you think you're going to pass out, but I held it together. And I'm thinking, okay, I guess I got to go to the ER. And um, and it was interesting because the guy looked at my eyes, and they were yellow. I was jaundiced, basically. Uh, I guess I looked like a Crayola. <laughs> and so I went to uh, ER. They did some tests, and there was something uh, wrong with my liver, you know, basically they just labeled it hepatitis, which is the swelling of the liver, okay? They couldn't figure out if I had eaten something, if it was, you know, I'm drinking a lot of this <laughs> and at the time I drank a lot more and my diet was really bad oh, and no. everything was horrible and so I thought, well, maybe it was something, you know, just a bad toxicity, right, liver poisoning yeah, or something. you know, they didn't know, but it was pretty serious because my, uh, the the levels that they measure, your ALT, AST, were off the charts, you know. And so they were like, okay, you need to, uh, like, we need to monitor this. You need to cut out everything. You need to just get back to basically water, fruits, all the good stuff. And we're going to see. They ran some tests, ultrasound, and did everything. And the idea, the concept of death came up. Like, you know, this is something serious where uh, you could possibly die from liver failure. You know, they were, they were thinking at the time that maybe – we should consider a liver transplant list mm. or something, wow. you know, things like that. And I was trying to figure out why, why all of a sudden out of the blue, I wake up one morning. Yeah. And all of a sudden now by midnight that night, I'm, you know, thinking liver transplant. Fortunately, as I'm still sitting here, it was Thanksgiving of 2013 when I got the call from the doctor um, that the levels started to decrease where it took them off the panic list. And this was like about two, three weeks. Every time they take blood tests, the levels kept going up and up and up. Wow. And the guy's like, yeah, this is getting serious. This is more serious. They tried to put me on some meds. But you can't do that because everything goes through your liver. Everything right. you touch, everything you drink, everything you eat, everything you breathe, everything goes through your liver. And so, um, and I wasn't a big beer drinker back then or anything like that. So they really weren't sure what was causing it. They thought it could just been a virus or something. They don't know. And to this day, I still really don't know uh, what caused it. But that whole time, the one thing that kind of kept me going was, you know, my foundation and faith that whatever happens, it's going to be okay because the continuum doesn't end at death. Right. Death only begins the next life. And so, yeah, no one wants to die. No one wants to sit there and go through these things and struggle. But the foundations of my faith never wavered when this was coming at me. Because I was grounded in what I believed. Right. Now, what it does do, which is probably even worse, is it makes you rely on your faith and do faithful things. Like, in this case, prayer more, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and things like that when we should be doing anyway. So it's kind of like the the security net. It's like a wake-up call. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like the security (laughs) net. You know, oftentimes we'll sit there, and, and me too your faith or what you believe in is a security net so you're strolling yeah. through life and everything is going good you have no cares and we're like right now we're sitting at the beach and it's like perfect it's right now it's so beautiful earlier <laughs> we had the wind blowing we had things flying we had you know kites coming at us we had the umbrella flying yeah I mean, check it was out like, last
1: week's episode I mean, or it two was a weeks mess
0: <laughs> and now it's like perfect and so this is like perfect life where we don't need a security net but i would imagine at any moment since we're at the beach the wind could kick back up again and then things go flying again again and then we go oh faith faith safety net save me save me when in actuality which should be the opposite it should be we should be living our faith and not having it as a safety net and then realizing that okay whatever it is i go through my belief is going to carry me through this regardless of the outcome yeah. because this is what i'm grounded in this is what i believe and unfortunately too many people they get wavered in their faith because it might not be grounded in a foundation. And it could be anything, you know. It could be anything that you have have a belief in. And they sit there and they get pounded by the waves of life coming at them that they get beat up. And then, unfortunately, some people, they can't take it anymore and they give up. And so that's what happened, I guess, with this one gal. As I was reading her story, you know, she just kept getting pounded and pounded by these haters uh, where she eventually took her life.
1: Yeah, and I think that when we relinquish control to each other – we get into trouble, right? Because she's putting too much. She she sounds like she was putting an awful lot of stock in what other people thought of her, I and so, yeah. and that's not um, the most important voice. Like when we have something that's bigger than ourselves that can give us an identity and give us, um, you know, who we are. There's a lot of people that say that they lose their faith or that they don't believe in it because it doesn't work. And I think um, I've had, I think it's just a misunderstanding of like who God is and what the purpose is, you know, for all of us being here. I heard there was a woman that said to me several years ago, there was a car accident. There was these three football players um, at a Christian high school and they were speeding. It was on a Friday night before a game and um, they were speeding and the driver lost control of the car. And I don't remember if he's the one. Um, that died or if he lived and the two passengers died, I don't remember the combination. I just know that there's three football players in the car Friday night before the game. They left school, got something to eat on their way back to the school, speeding, lost control. Two of them died. So somebody said to me, um, see, it doesn't work. And what she meant was these three boys were going to a Christian school. Therefore they shouldn't have died. And that's not what the Bible says. If we do stupid things, you know, if we speed and we lose control of the car, God's not going to grab the steering wheel and protect us from ourselves. (laughs) Like we're still going to like you were mentioning um, previously that we are all bound by natural law. Right. And if we speed and lose control of the car, something bad is going to happen. So and then there was another case. The same person um, pointed to um, a divorce and um, they, they were, you know, Christian parents. And, and again, she said, see, it doesn't work. And so this person is now Buddhist, you know, doesn't want to have anything to do with Christianity. And it breaks my heart because that is not what it says in the Bible. that God it just doesn't say that, that we're always going to be protected, that we're all, nothing bad is ever going to happen. It just doesn't say that. Every single one of us is going to die. Some of us are going to die by our own hand. Some of us are going to die by somebody else's hand, you know, drunk driver, cancer, you know, whatever. Some, some of us are going to die by natural causes, but it, we're all going to die. So it makes me sad because our, like like our faith is not in, like, okay, I believe in Jesus, therefore – um, my parents are not going to get divorced. Nobody's going to die in a bad car accident. No one's going to get cancer and die. We're all. It doesn't say that. And I think that people are putting their faith in the circumstances. They're putting their faith in so that they don't have to suffer. And that's not, it just, the Bible just doesn't say that. Our faith is in something bigger than ourselves. Our faith is in God. That's the foundation. And he is going to get us through no matter what comes. He will get us through that if we stay with him and believe with and do what he asks.
0: Uh, when you talked about that, uh, the gal that changed to Buddha Buddhism, um, did you know her? Yes. How long ago was this? My basically, I'm getting to the point of this: if she's willing to change, which I'm curious about, if she's willing to change faith because something didn't work out, mm-hmm. see it happened, and therefore I'm changing, then. What's gonna make her stick to like Buddhism, for example, if things go bad? Is she gonna change? To well, something because else?
1: Buddhism, she's still Buddhist. Uh, Buddhism, you're in complete control, mm-hmm. so she doesn't have to rely on anybody.
0: So then she blames herself for something going bad. I I guess. If things don't go well, you blame yourself.
1: I I guess. See, I've I, listened to different. Um, I don't. I'm not like super well no, versed no, no. on Buddhism. But I was just what her opinion was on it. Yeah, it's was. something that they. She says, you know, I'm on my way to enlightenment. Like I'm like, there's no you know, really highs. There's no really lows. You just kind of, you know, yeah, she, it's, it's Buddhism is like, you're in complete control. Like you just have to be in the moment. Don't worry about the past. Don't worry about the future. Just kind of be in the
0: moment. See, that's tough because then you're putting everything on you. And when things go bad, you have no one but yourself to blame. Exactly. And then that I think would further, because at least with faith in God, you would have a faith in something that it's not your fault. I mean, I don't want to say fault, but it's, it's, you're not in complete control. Okay. And so if you're not in complete control, so for example, you, you wanted to have complete control over your son because you felt that you were the best one to take care of him. Okay. But you have your limitations. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you put him, as uh, you were telling the story, in the arms of Jesus. Now you're putting him in someone, putting him in the arms of someone who could do much greater than what you could ever do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make mm-hmm. sense so far? Yeah, okay. so far. So if then we are, so now my faith is I put my faith in Jesus to take care of my son. It takes the responsibility, the pressure of the responsibility off me. Doesn't reduce my responsibility, but that, you know, that thing. So if something does happen, let's say something unfortunate happens, not necessarily with your son, but I give my faith in the arms of Jesus, my situation, my liver for example, i put myself there. And then if my liver continued to fail, it wasn't the fact that Jesus failed, for example. It was the fact that the circumstances of medicine, my liver just got bad and, and failed, and there was nothing I could do about it. Versus her, in her case, being a Buddha, oh, I must have done something wrong. Therefore, I destroyed my liver, and therefore, I killed myself. I mean, does that make sense? I mean, it's, it's a correlation of yeah. it, it, it seems like people want to try to do something for themselves and take complete control, when in reality, if you do have your faith in something, for in this case, God, you might be taking yourself off the hook for a lot of things that you can't control and be putting it in something better, perhaps, than what you could ever do.
1: Right. And that, of course, means that something still might happen, like he still might die. So let me back up a little bit, um, because I, I understand what you're saying, but let me repeat it back in my situation um so if i i was trying to control my son's illness and his day so that nothing bad would happen translation so that he wouldn't die that's not my job and as a mom that is just that's he's you know, an adult. So it's, um, it's my job, you know, when he's a baby, but it's not my job when he's an adult. It's his, that's the part that I had to come to the understanding is that people with mental illness who struggle with, you know, severe depression, um, they have to decide whether or not they're going to be here and they have to make that decision on their own. And that's not my job to follow him around and to make sure that he doesn't hurt himself. That's codependent, right? And so, It's really difficult to let go of those reins because he, okay, so if he does die, then that means I'm going to lose a son. And as a mom, that is a horrible thing to process. But, but parents with kids with severe depression, like that's just our life, right? We just don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. So if I, me relinquishing control and allowing God to take control Number one, it relieves me of the responsibility because then, because if I'm in control and something happens to him, then I would say, shoot, I, I should have been home. I left. I shouldn't have left him. Um, should have left the door open, should have, um, monitored the situation, should have, I'm just making things up. Should have looked at his phone, should have talked to his friend, should have, you know, would have, should have, could have, right? I would have been shooting all over myself. So you're right. If I'm in complete control and I'm trying to have control to to keep anything bad from happening, then when it happens and I then yeah, I would think that it was my fault. If I put a, that in Jesus, if I say, okay, Lord, um, I'm gonna give you my son and I'm gonna let you take over, I'm gonna step out of this. There's that I had to go through that fear of like I don't know what Jesus is gonna do with them. I don't know he might still might die. Like I don't know what's gonna happen. Right. So I worked through that and got to the point where I realized that I was, um, out of control in my controlling, you know, issues. I let it, I resolved it, but now it's the, um, I had to also get to the point where I would say, okay, now that I'm going to let God take control and now that I'm going to let God take care of him, um, then I have to decide if something happens to him, is that, you know, God's fault? Is that, you know, did I not do something right? You know, there's still that question there. And God isn't out to get us. He's not mad at us. He's not vindictive. He's not manipulative. Um, if my son or anybody decides to take their life, that is not, that's also not God's responsibility. That's that person's responsibility.
0: See, I think that's the one thing that people have a hard time and they struggle with is how could a God allow, insert whatever, bad thing happen?
1: Allow someone to take their life. Why doesn't he intervene? Yeah. Yeah. Like Rick and Kay Warren. Like Rick Warren had wrote the Purpose Driven Book, Purpose Driven Life, Purpose Driven Church, like sold millions and millions of copies. Like he has been, and if you listen to his sermons, I listen to him all the time, and he is... um, he doesn't take a salary from the church. He gives away 90%. He's made millions of dollars on those books. He gives away 90% of his income to, to do good in the world. And he, um, he's doing really good things for the mental health community right now. And you would think that a person that faithful and that much of a servant, why would God take their son? Like, wouldn't they be rewarded for all of their faithfulness and everything that they're doing? I mean, my goodness, he wrote The Purpose Driven Life. Like, why, why his son? And it just it just you just goes to show that it 's not we live in a broken earth and we have mental illness we have diseases, and there are chemical things going on in our bodies that require sometimes require medication, and sometimes you just can 't get the right combination sometimes you just can't like there's just it's not that 's just the way that 's just our broken earth, and so their son um took his life, and that wasn 't you can't we can't blame that on god because that's not god's will for us he doesn't want us to take our life their son made a choice and the people that commit suicide make a choice they decide there it's so i can't so if that happens someday i cannot go back and say okay lord i i relinquished control i let you be in charge of my son's health and now he still took his life therefore you dropped the ball therefore you you were not paying attention therefore you didn't love my son. No, I know that my son's going to be in heaven because he gave his life to Jesus many years ago. Um, it doesn't mean that God's mad at us or that he dropped the ball or was asleep on the job. It means that my son made a choice. It means that their son made a choice. And and we have to understand that there are certain things that are that are our responsibility. It's my, if I want to live or not, I have to make that decision. And God allows all kinds of things. He allowed 9-11. He, allowed, he allows cancer. He allows car accidents. Like, I don't know why. I, I don't have answers to that, why he allows so much suffering. But I do know that it's because we have a choice. This is not, the suffering on this earth is not his will for us. And he tells us over and over and over and over and over in the Bible, don't do that. Don't kill each other. Don't lie to each other. Don't manipulate. Don't steal. Don't sleep with your brother's wife. Don't, you know, like over and over and over he tells us these things. And we do it anyway. And then we turn around and be like, okay, God, why didn't you save me? Because we made a choice. We made a choice. And he's saying don't do that. But because he gives us free will to choose good, he also gives us the free will to choose bad. And that's not his Fall like we can't turn around and blame God for the bad things that happen sometimes bad things happen to us because of self-imposed chaos sometimes bad things happen because other people were collateral damage you know drunk driver hits us and you know sometimes things happen because we live in a sinful broken world so the cancer there's chemicals in the food chemicals in the air we get cancer right and some things happen because you know natural disasters and you know God allows it but that doesn't mean that he's that he's bad or that doesn't mean that he's out to get us it means that we are making choices as a community as a person and we're and and this is the world that we live in and he doesn't say he's going to save us from that on this side he says i'm going to help you through it i'm going to give you the strength through it there can you can have a beautiful life In the middle of mental illness, in the middle of depression, in the middle of COVID, you can still have a really beautiful life because it's about our character. It's not about our comfort. It's not about our money. It's not about our clothes, where we live. It's about our character. And we can have good character no matter what the situation is. That's what it's about.
0: Sometimes it's paid with good intentions. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a a gal that I knew. Uh, She was much, much younger And, in fact, I think I was in college. She was in elementary school. Anyway, she was living with her grandparents. And what happened was that her mother had a good friend, and the friend was hooked on heroin. And so the mom was going to demonstrate or prove to her friend that you could get off heroin. So the mom started to take heroin to prove that you can get off of heroin while she got addicted and eventually overdosed at some point and died. And so then the the daughter had to go live with the the grandparents. And then um, I was involved with a church and then teaching in a junior high school for a little bit. And so our paths crossed. And then it became where she became a troubled youth, obviously. And then I became kind of a source of go help, go find her, go bring her home, go kind of do the muscle work, so to speak, of finding her, bringing her home. So I got to know her pretty well and involved with the grandparents and knew the story and so one day I showed up to her house to find out how she was doing because she hadn't been in school for a while and she was gone, the whole family was gone I guess they had upped and moved to another state and I guess it was for her own good because of the trouble she was in and so then years later we reconnected and then even years later most recently uh, saw her in person again and actually got to meet the person who's was the friend of the mom who was the heroin addict. And I didn't realize that it was at the time until I put two and two together. And I'm like, wait a minute. So I asked the girl, I'm like, Hey, is this your mom's friend? She's Like, yeah. And it was interesting to see that whole thing come full circle because the mom had good intentions to try to help her friend and demonstrate, Hey, you can get off heroin. I'm going to show you. But because of that good intention, but the decision was probably the wrong one ended up costing her, her life. Change the whole dynamic of the daughter. It eventually did save the friend because, you know, she realized that look how much devastation came from it. So whether or not that's a good thing, probably not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a good that comes from evil. I don't know. But the whole thing was, is that even though sometimes we have good intentions, we need to be careful and not be the ones we might have to think that we're not the ones equipped to help others, and we should make decisions based accordingly. Um, you know, getting back kind of to the, the story of the gal that took her, the the, uh, the adult performer that took her own life because she was inundated with hate, you know, oftentimes, too, we have a responsibility that we should not do something and not be that negative influence, okay? You mentioned Kay Warren, uh, for example we had her on a show when I was producing the Frank Sontag show where uh, 13 Reasons Why came out on Netflix and it's about a suicide. Yeah. And we had her on yep. to talk about it and she was anti it from the beginning because first off she thought it was glorifying 13 Reasons Why and glorifying suicide and she said we can't do that at all. But then two, it also put a wrong perspective on actually what suicide is. Okay. And so it was a lot of things happened to this gal and enough so where she took her life. And but it was a lot of negative things. You know, I think that if you watch the show, I think there was a rape involved and some other things. And it's like, at what point then when we have these influencers and we being an influence, do we have to make good decisions? And we have to do and be cognitive of the fact of what we're doing, because we might either further harm somebody by our actions, whether it's good intended, like this uh, friend of mine, whose uh, mother died of hair, od on heroin, or whether it's we're a TV show and we want to, have a show on suicide, but how do we spin that? You know, how do we make it? Do we make it so we glorify it, and we make it so that everything—it's a mystery, it's a fun thing to try to figure out—and we have to be careful how we influence other people. Are we going to be somebody that's going to sit there and be a negative influence and inundate them with body shaming, inundate them with you know making fun of them for who they are, or are we going to be somebody that's going to sit there and try to raise them up and try to you know uh, be a positive influence and, and give them the encouragement they need? with the realistic expectation of, you know what, what you're doing, you probably shouldn't be doing, but this is a healthy way to try to get you out of it, you know. So instead of getting on heroin and showing it, maybe trying to reach other ways, use other methods to get her off of heroin. Instead of just glorifying suicide through a Netflix show, maybe there's another way to bring it out, you know. And and Kay, you know, at the time, she really wasn't doing a whole lot of interview interviews on it because, you know, it's such a... a a hard subject to talk about your kid dying, you know, taking your own life. Um, But she was so passionate about the fact that, you know what, this is something that we don't look at seriously, that we sometimes just, oh, it's a problem and it's someone else's problem, and we don't do anything about it. But yet here you're sitting here with the – and I've met your son. He's a cool kid. Stole my drink one time, did he? <laughs> he did. That's okay. No, but, out of the uh,
1: refrigerator. Yes. No, but he's co- like, "Woo!" How did that come in the refrigerator? Go. Uh, we,
0: we were I'm over one time. And I had I had two monsters in the fridge, <laughs> and one for now, one for later. When I went back for later, it was gone. But that's okay. It's, that's not a big deal at all because apparently he is not. Uh, he doesn't get them often, and so I would do the same thing. Right. Ooh. He's like, "Woo!" Yes, I would take it too. No, but um, but so I met your son. Cool kid. Now I don't have to live. And I don't think twice about the fact that you were saying that you might live day to day with the fact that he could take his own life. I don't live with that because I don't experience that. But that's something that you go through, and I don't think people really understand that unless you're in that situation. And that's kind of the point I'm getting at in this rambling thing is that unless we live in that situation and we don't have a compassion for people that are going through things, we're not going to understand, and we might just – you know, you know, slough it off as no big deal or, hey, you're just, you know, need to deal with it and get over it or, hey, this is just your problem, not mine. When in reality, if we come together as a community and we come together as a people and we come together as a group, then we might be able to find that support group in others. You know, you have to go to uh, different places like you were talking about when you were talking, uh, telling your story about a conference to get the support to find out that you need to give up And put in the arms of Jesus, your son. But if we can get that support group just, you know, from us in the community, we might be able to build build that better foundation. You know, we talked about change one time on a few episodes ago. And we saw instead of changing on the national level, maybe we change in our community. We start that change. You know, we start that change. Maybe we build that foundation then in the community level. And so that way, when something does happen, we can rely on each other from a community perspective, and build up that way as opposed to the top down.
1: Yeah, let me go back a little bit to what you were saying about the lady that decided to get on heroin so that she could show her friend how to, you know, get off of it, and then she OD'd. Um, yes, she may have had good intentions, but it wasn't a wise thing to do. Obviously, so one of the the great things about God um, about a life with Jesus is that he does not leave us, um, without wisdom. So it says in James one, five, you know, ask for wisdom and I will give it to you. I, you know, I'm not going to say no. So you can have as much wisdom as you want. You just have to ask. Um, I ask for wisdom daily and we can ask for wisdom. Like, okay, like I don't know how to handle this situation, but you do. I don't know this woman's whole story, but you do. I don't know her heart, but you do. So you tell me how to handle the situation or what to say. God honors those things. That's how I know that he's real. That's why my relationship with him is so solid, even during these horrible times, because I get answers. Not all the time, not immediately. Sometimes it takes a minute, Um, but... The thing that like but when we give our life to Jesus, when we say, Okay, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, um, there's this supernatural thing. I know it sounds weird, bear with me for a second. But there's this gift that happens and we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit. So God is like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? One God, three persons. Um the Holy Spirit part is the part that helps us, it's the part that gives us wisdom. So we don't have to guess we don't have to know like we can just say i don't know how to handle this situation please help me please give me this wisdom and i read my bible daily and i study daily and i talk to him daily and i get answers wisdom comes the words come do i have a good recall memory no (laughs) But do I? <laughs> but do I have wisdom? And and so when I need it, and when I ask for it, and I'm like, I I got nothing on this. Help me out here. Um, then God answers the. He answers that. And so we don't. We're not left figuring out like who God. Like He shows us who He is through the person of Jesus. He He gives us His word. He help. You know He it's just this we're not left unattended we're not like okay i believe in god okay done end of story like he helps us like he's actively involved in our daily life and um so i don't have to guess i don't have to wonder he's always there like he's never not there and we, we can have that wisdom so that we know what to do so we're not left on our own devices
0: see for me it's all about peace you know, There's been a lot of chaos in the world lately, and should we wear a mask because it's going to protect us from a disease that we don't want to get? Should we rely on the government to help us out? Should we do this because that might make it better for us, or what about this? And there's all this chaos, and where are we looking for answers? And this was kind of the, the genesis of my idea for this was where are we looking for answers and are those places that we're looking going to provide the answers we want? Are the solutions that we're looking for? And if not, then what do we do? Okay. So, for example, for me, I've had complete peace through everything. Uh, you know, I lost my job. Uh, you know, COVID hit. I've got elderly parents who I guess are susceptible. They're in that, you know, range. Um, and so there's all these things. And so, yes, my actions have been to... Uh, use wisdom and to make sure that I just take care of business basically. But I've always been at peace with something because I know something's coming up. I know it's going to be taken care of. I don't have to worry about it. And that's why my point was, you know, if we, like for your friend that is, uh, became a Buddhist, if it's all about her and she is responsible for everything, I don't think I could live with that responsibility and no that way. pressure no because way. <laughs> how am I going to find a job? in this day and age when, I think it's getting better, I think I heard, but at the time when everybody was losing their job, how am I going to do that? I put out the applications and everything, but if I'm relying on me and I still haven't had one, yeah, I'm kind of getting closer, but it's like I'm the failure. But no, I know there's something out there because I have faith that something's going to be out there and I'm at peace that something's going to come. It's just going to come at the right time. Uh, are we going to survive this? What happens if we get sick? Well, these are all questions that are relevant and are legitimate and for some people can be really scary and we need to take it serious. But are we putting our faith in something that isn't going to give us the answers and then what do we do? And for me, the the peace aspect came because it's like I don't have to worry about what's going to come because I know eventually where I need to be in life and what's going to happen is going to take place and I can have a peace that I'm going to be okay. I still have to do my diligence. I still have to do my part. I can't, I would imagine much like you, you can't sit on the couch and just expect God to do something for you. If you're out of work, you can't just sit on the couch, eat bonbons and watch TV. (laughs) No, he's not just going to say, here's your job. No, you have to do due diligence. (laughs) You can't just sit back and let your son do whatever and you not worry about anything because you have to, as a mom, even though he's an adult child, do due diligence as a mother. Right. Like you said, monitor the medication, go to the doctor appointments, maybe do all that. But the end result is you're not the one that's either going to make or break it because you have then now put your, your son in Jesus' hands and now rely on him to be the ultimate caretaker. Right. You, stu- you still do due diligence. And so that's the one thing I guess I get to the point is that whatever it is that you have faith in, whatever it is that you're believing, whether it's a belief in God, whether it's a belief in something else, maybe Buddha. Uh, Maybe it's something else, Mother Nature, or or Mother Earth, maybe not Mother, maybe Mother Nature, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I guess it's Mother Earth, I don't know, I can't keep up with things. But whatever your faith is in, is it going to be strong enough to withstand whatever it is that you're facing, the storms in life? Is your foundation going to be strong enough so that if the storms come and cause some destruction, will you be able to rebuild? And it's going to sustain you through the rest of your life here on Earth. And if you keep waffling from thing to thing, and you haven't found it, then maybe, maybe you're thinking the wrong thing. Maybe you believe in the wrong thing. Because it sounds like for you that all the things that you could have put your faith in, for you putting your faith in God, he's never left you. He's never failed you. Things have never been perfect, but he's never left you. And he's always been that strong foundation for you to build upon through all the storms of life that have come your way.
1: Yeah, and there's been so many positives in those storms of life. There's so many things that are that I can look back on and say that it was a blessing. And that's when you know when we get back ultimately to characters that you know it's only characters only valid in an opposite situation. And that's when that's where the real meaning is. That's when things really become come into focus where the rubber meets the road, however you want to say it. Um, and and it's not about. Um, I just lost my train of thought. It's not about the the situation. Train coming? I know. Train's coming. <laughs> right? Another senior moment here. Sorry. Um it's not about the situation, but it's the it's the the peace in the situation and there's so many positives in the situation. and and all of these things, right? And so I can look back and say, "Okay, yeah, my parents divorced. or I can look at people that have gotten sick, I can look at, you know, the severe depression like some people, like I've had conversations with people and, and they question my faith in God and they question, you know, why I follow Jesus. And I say, look, I can very easily say, okay, my son, you didn't heal my son, so I'm done with you. I could very easily say, um, you know, yeah, my parents got divorced. You should have saved them. Like, they, you know, we went to church five times a week. Like, why didn't you, what, you know, why did you let them break apart. Well, that was their choice. He didn't want them to break apart. That that was their choice. So it's just a higher, um, it's not about me. It's not about the situation. It's about making the situation. It's about redeeming the situation. It's about making every situation beautiful and peaceful and, um, like, I'm looking at the sky behind you and I'm just like, I can't even concentrate because it's so... Um, it's like
0: the perfect it's so beautiful. evening right now. It is so... I was like, kind of keep looking into the camera and I'm like, wow, that's a great shot.
1: It is like it the, is like the, the sun night. back here, yes. like over here is just like, the sun is setting and over the city of Long Beach. Like, it's just so beautiful. So, um, and It's
0: distractingly beautiful. It is distractingly
1: yes. beautiful because I. it's like this, I have to take a picture. So... My, I mean, we are still in the middle of COVID. Right. We are still in the middle of, of mental illness. We're still in the middle of, you know, these horrible things. But my goodness, I mean, this, there's beauty. We can have this beauty anyway in this peace and this joy. and. Um,
0: it's the calm in the eye of the storm. Yeah. Kind of like you get your break.
1: I know that if I get sick, I'm going to be – that God's going to be there. And I'm going to pray for good doctors. And, and I pray any time that my kids have had surgery or my husband's had surgery, I'm like – Give them. I don't pray for, like, the outcome of the surgery. I say, um, please give the doctors wisdom so that they make the right decisions. Please let them, you know, help them get a good night's sleep. Like, help them, you know, I, I just, there, it's just that, it's not the fear that something is going to happen. Because I know that when I die, I am going to be standing face to face with God, the creator. And he's going to give me a big old bear hug. And... Well, he's spirit. Jesus will give me the bear hug. But um, it's going to be the best day ever. Like, I am not afraid. Do I want to die young? No. (laughs) But I'm not afraid to die because I know where I'm going and and I know who's going to be there when I get
0: there. See, I think that's the difference from what I've heard over the course of the conversation is that there's a different perspective between viewing life from, A, birth to death. What are we going to do within there? And at death, that defines whatever we've whatever we done in life at death defines us, who we were, versus, okay, death doesn't end life. It's just the next an stage. entrance into eternity. It's the next stage, yeah. And, and so what we do here on earth is what we do here on earth, but then when we have die...
1: meaning in eternity yes. and, and everything. Is this, is this is not all for naught. This is not all in vain. Whatever happens here is going to be rewarded and redeemed in heaven.
0: But death isn't the final no. chapter.
1: No. You keep talking. I'm just going to take a picture of you because by the time we're done with our podcast, it it's will be, be gone. gone. So keep talking.
0: But So, so anyways, <laughs> like I said, so we, we came out here and we've been doing our podcation. We wanted to get on the road and we wanted to do a lot of things that we weren't able to do when it came to uh, COVID because things were closed down. But one of the things we wanted to do was get to the beach. And so we've been out here and we've been doing our podcast. And I think that this is a perfect metaphor, the way the day has turned out, because oftentimes in life, there's going to be a lot of chaos. There's going to be a lot of things that we go through, and there's going to be a lot of things that we don't have control over. But what do we do in those situations First off, that's going to define our character is what we do in those situations. And then, two, what's going to happen – when the storms of life come. It's easy, like we're sitting out here on a perfect, a picture-perfect Southern California night in Long Beach to sit here, to have conversation, to have a good time. If I had a couple Coronas, I'd even be better. But it's <laughs> like the perfect evening. You know, maybe a margarita. I don't know. It's a perfect evening. But earlier, the wind was blowing. Things were flying all over the place. There was complete chaos, and it was difficult to get through. But the foundation of wanting to do the podcast, the foundation of wanting to get the show in kind of kept us going. Yeah. And so in life, you know, we have to have that. We have to have that foundation that no matter what, this is what's going to keep us uh, driven. This is what's going to keep us going. We might have to rebuild a few times, but we're going to keep going. We're not going to cave. We're not going to give up. We're not going to just go with whatever to get by, but we're going to make the most of it. And by that, then what is it that we're going to have that faith in that's going to drive us? And that's going to depend on who you are, I guess, and, and what you believe in. But if it's not working out, if the thing that you believe in isn't satisfying and it's causing you to question, then maybe, just maybe, there's something else out there that's better for you to believe in. And maybe what Tara's saying today might be something to check out. I don't know. That's something for you to decide. Because it sounds like the things that she's gone through in life could have easily been things that have wavered her faith And wanted her to move to something else. Because how could something such as mental illness and getting through all that and yet keeping your faith, maybe there's something to it. That's something for you to decide. But in the end, when it's all said and done, are we going to be somebody who's going to live between birth and death and win or take all at the end? Or are we going to be somebody that's going to look to eternity and be like, well, is there something out there? And maybe question those things. What is after? You know, That's the age-old question. What happens to you when you die? And I know there's many people with many answers, but maybe that's something we need to check into because maybe there is something better to live for than just this life. Maybe the truth is out there.
1: <laughs> there is truth. And maybe. Truth is, is, is not, uh, doesn't get its value. An, an absolute truth does not get its value based on a belief in it. It's true in and of itself regardless what we believe. So gravity is an absolute truth, and it has nothing to do with whether or not we believe in it. It's just we, there's nothing we can do about it. It's an absolute truth. It's, it's there. <laughs>
0: right, yeah. So – Well, the other thing too is – and the other thing too is that it sounds like that who we are versus what we do versus how we handle things – can define us but doesn't have to. So, for example, if we're in a situation and character is doing the thing opposite of the situation that it re- that it should require, so, for example, being kind to someone who's unkind shows the character. If we're kind to somebody who's kind, well, that's easy to do. Okay. Oftentimes, we're not perfect people. So let's say we do something, you know, you mentioned an affair earlier, does that define who we are? I guess it could, but it doesn't have to necessarily. Or if we're somebody who earlier we talked about in another episode about maybe we're envious or jealous or we want revenge or something like that, and that precious is getting to us, uh, maybe does that define who we are and do we let it, or is it just a trip along the road of life? You know, I guess each person would have to ask yeah. that for themselves. And that's
1: the beauty of God is that he redeems those situations. He can rewrite our story and, um, we don't have to let those situations define us. You know, whatever it is that we, that we do, it's a mistake that we made. It's a choice that we made that didn't turn out right. Um, whatever it is, God re can redeem that and can rewrite our story. It doesn't have to define us. Our I always look at it. I always think of it of like being in an airplane and you're looking at life, you know, from the 10,000 foot level and there may be a a mountain in front of us, but on the other side of that mountain is a whole nother story and a whole nother episode and a whole nother season, right? We're going to get past this COVID and this lockdown and everything else. We're going to get past it. This is a season that we're in right now and we're going to go, you know, be out on the other side at some point. So we don't have to let these things define us, but the beauty of God is that He brings situations in our into our lives that can rewrite our story and can redeem us and so now I can talk about my past, I can talk about things you know that I've done and not be ashamed of it anymore because i'm I'm not embarrassed anymore because i' i I allowed God to forgive me, I accepted his forgiveness, I forgave myself, and so now i'm I can tell you about it without being ashamed or without being embarrassed. That's the redemption part. Our story doesn't have to define us. We can allow God to, to write the ultimate story of our life between the dots between birth and death.
0: I think there's, to a ex- certain extent, an inherency in life giving us second chances. Yes. Life being about second chances. Yes. It's written all over the place where we have second chances. And so if things aren't going well your first time around, maybe the second time around, it'll get better. But you're the one that's going to have to determine whether or not that second chance, you're going to take the most of it if you butchered the first chance. I don't know. Yes. We are Two Steps Head Podcast live from Long Beach, Uh, a two-parter. Hey, so if you just tuned in uh, to the second part and you're like, hey, you guys kind of started differently. Well, we started and we actually did... uh A two parter, part one and part two. So if you're listening to this one, go back to last week's and you'll get the first part and you'll get the whole context of what we've been talking about. But uh we were out here on the beach and we're just enjoying it and we figured why stop? Let's just run with it because it was actually a perfect podcation. It was and it's like a truth
1: I think you put truth serum in my drink. So (laughs) go back definitely and listen to the first part because the first part you (laughs) must
0: is a must because it was gold you got a lot of insight into a lot of things um again long beach is where we're at uh today and doing our last uh, couple of episodes because of um where we're at um Instagram, check us out on Instagram at Two Steps Ahead Podcast, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Now there's a link in the bio, it's called Linktree. If you click it, then a menu comes up and there's different things that you can select off that menu. Swag Shop, if you want to buy merchandise, uh, if you want to listen to the show, there's Pandora, Spotify, I think there's Google a Podcast, maybe iHeartMedia, Apple Podcast, all there for you to select from so you can watch us on your, or listen to us on your favorite podcast. Uh, platform. If you want to watch us, uh, YouTube, there's a selection there. And then, of course, on our Two Steps Head podcast, uh, you can watch us on IGTV. It's there as well. Uh, my personal Instagram is uh, Edem Rocks, E I D E M R O C K S, at Eidem Rocks. And again, I've Linktree there. Same thing. All the options are there. You belong where? <laughs> on Instagram, you belong where inside
1: a cozy sweater. I'm starting to get cold, and I'm starting to. I yawn when I get cold. Not, I wasn't. You weren't. I wasn't bored listening to you. I was just. <laughs>
0: it's all about.
1: <laughs> I'm starting to interpretation. Get, I'm starting to get cold. I am at on Instagram. I am at Tara Hoke Shiro T A R A H O K E S C H I R O. And I also, um, there's a link in my bio as well that will take you to my website. Um, to There's a whole um, library there of all of our YouTube videos that you can scroll through, and the swag shop is there as well. And I also would like to say thank you to the cities of Long Beach, Pasadena, and Santa Clarita for, excuse me, for including us in your public access um, lineup. So we are on television several um, days and evenings per week on um, AT and Frontier, Spectrum TV, so you can check us out there on your local access channel.
0: Yes, uh, thank you. And we've been in, uh, we've been on location Santa Clarita. Yes, been on like, location here in Long Beach, and our next stop, hopefully, And
1: downtown LA. We were on we did downtown LA,
0: and our next stop, hopefully, is going to be in Pasadena, so that way we hit all three. Yes. And then some other places coming up. I think we might have to get back to the beach because this was like perfect. This is a great spot.
1: But if you would like us to come to your location and promote your business, um, please reach out to us. We would love to um, come and make that happen for you.
0: The other thing, too, if you uh, know of anybody you think would be a good guest on the show uh, or you want to be a guest, you have something to say. Yeah. Hit us up and we'll uh, check it out because, you know, we're all about uh, the community and talking to people and hearing stories because everybody has a story.
1: Everybody has a story, so if you have, we like to say, you know, we're highlighting the stuff (laughs) that we've we've stepped stepped in in so you don't have to. So if you have stepped in something and you have been, uh, have recovered or have healed from that, we would love to um, tell your story. So hit us up for that.
0: Two Steps Ed Podcast, highlight the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Let yourself be great. Take your passion. Make it happen. Be kind and don't be an (laughs) a-hole.
1: Thanks, guys. See you next time.